0: In the morning. An island of hope becomes an island of terror. When a group of escaped convicts manage to flee to a remote island, they soon find that their new home is inhabited by a strangely menacing doctor, a mentally unbalanced scientist, his beautiful daughter, and a horde of superstitious natives. The tribesmen say that the doctor has created grotesque half-human creatures for evil, secretive purposes. And though at first the prisoners do not believe this, as they disappear one by one, they begin to change their minds. The island is plunged into a hellish nightmare from which no one is safe. I'm Corey, And I'm Paul. And we are the, the B-Movie Bros. Bros. Here review B-movies the best of our ability. Sometimes we get off-topic. What randomness is a gift? So, here we are, the final week of spring cleaning. We, uh, I, I know some of you were
1: expecting to uh, hear Godzilla vs. Megalon, but... Unfortunately, uh, we had some technical difficulties with the VCR, and that wasn't an option anymore. So instead, we're taking a look at the 1981
0: film, Screamers. Originally released in 79 as the Island of the Fishmen. So let's dive right into this shit with our technical difficulties
1: top and bottom three. Let's start with the top, Paul. What was good here? All right. Number three, the fish people were actually pretty badass. After 10,000 years, the citizens of Atlantis not only evolved into some kind of weird amphibious creatures, but also gained the ability to blow people's heads off by touching them. It's a very inconsistent power, but, you know, useful nonetheless. Number two. The sea creatures and experimental creatures shown throughout the movie were actually kind of cool looking. Not the most realistic, but, you know, I liked them at least. And number one. So, as I mentioned before... The plot twist in this was that the people, the sea people shown throughout the movie killing people were actually the surviving citizens of Atlantis, put under mind control by some evildoer to retrieve the gold hidden in the lost city. I'll be honest, I didn't see it coming, so bravo movie, you got one on me. For me,
0: number three. The opening scene in this movie is a great setup to an extremely bloody and eerie movie. Unfortunately, the rest of the film doesn't pan out that way. There's not as much head explosions and throat ripping out as I would like to see, but, you know, it keeps on chugging. Number two. To me, the sea creatures were awful looking. They seem like rejects from a 1980s story arc of Doctor Who. And you know what? It's actually hysterical. Like, I love seeing them on screen. It's like, we know this is shit, but we're proud of it. And
1: I can get behind that. It's like they were just clearing out all the extra suits of, like, Doctor Who or something. They're like, you know what? We're not going to let these go to waste. We're, we're going to let them have their day. And, well, they had their day. And for number one, I, I
0: I agree with Paul. You know, it was all just an elaborate plot to rob the lost city of Atlantis. I honestly didn't see that coming from how the movie started. Up until the point that they, like, got in this, this submersible and started going down to the sea, I'm like, no. No, it's not Atlantis. It can't be. But but it was. And it was it was actually a pleasant surprise. I was like, wow, this movie pulled one over on me.
1: Yeah, I thought it was gonna be like, you know, zombies turn into fish people or, you know, fish people for some reason, I don't know. But I mean I wasn't I, expecting Atlanteans.
0: I guess when your box portrays you as like some kind of like monster slasher film, you don't expect robbing Atlantis to be the main plot
1: point. Yeah, to say the least. So, okay. Oh, what about the bottom? What was bad here? Alright, number three, this movie jumps around a whole lot, making it seem really random and ridiculous. That was certainly not helped by the terrible pacing, which made it hard to pay attention to anything that was going on. So I probably missed certain things. I mean, I looked up and suddenly they were in Atlantis. So I, I don't know. Number two, this movie is really slow paced, as I mentioned. And boring. There's a whole lot of nothing going on throughout the majority of the 90 minute runtime. And number one, the acting in this movie is just horrendous. It's laughably bad. I'm not sure whether it was the fault of the English dubbing or the, the Italian actors were just not very good. Either way, it was bad. <laughs> really, really bad. Maybe it was a combination of the both. It's a horrible, serendipitous, like occurrence of shit so for me number three on the bottom the beginning scene had
0: a corpse getting up like on its own and scaring off a woman but nowhere in the rest of the film do we see zombies or the living dead like they're mentioned people talk about it but it's just it's it's never seen again it's like oh we we forgot
1: about that here are sea monsters instead (laughs) That opening scene was apparently only in the English version, and I guess it was made specifically so they can put that in the trailer so they can trick people into thinking it was a different movie because the original did so poorly. Number two. The sea monster's power levels seem to fluctuate
0: from scene to scene. Sometimes they explode body parts at a single touch, and then sometimes they just, like, mildly scratch somebody like a newborn kitten trying to play. Like... What, what the fuck is going on with these monsters? Are, are, are they actually capable of murder, or are they
1: just, like, playful children? They hit their limit breaks early in the film and used them up. And then number one, the box art
0: and tagline on this VHS have nothing to do with the film. It's a man with no skin whose pants are falling off and says, their men turned inside out, and worse, they're still alive. No one is or gets turned inside out for the entirety of the goddamn film. It's all lies. Like, what the fuck, guys? Like, put a sea creature on the front of here. I Put an exploding head. I don't care. Don't put something that has nothing to do with the movie.
1: Yeah, I think the um, person getting turned inside out is actually only in the trailer and, and isn't in the film at all or have anything to do with the film. This was, uh Very deceptive marketing, to say the least. I mean, I've seen
0: movies with, like, deceptive box art, but at least it's deceptive box art that has to do with the movie. Like, a badass CGI Bigfoot, like, punching zombies in the face for a movie that's, like, Bigfoot versus zombies. I mean, they have a terribly costumed Bigfoot fighting, like, people in zombie masks in the movie, but at least it's Bigfoot and zombies. No, no, Screamers, nothing.
1: Not even close. In fact, there weren't even all that many screamers after a while.
0: There weren't even men's pants falling off. Like, come on now. You even got that wrong. All right. I got it. We got to just move on. uh, The dialogue was bad, but we got enough friends. We're going to have ourselves a good old-fashioned quote war.
1: Quote war.
0: We'll quote this movie back and forth. You tell us who
1: had the better quotes. Paul, get us started. Somehow, this seemed so much easier when we were planning it.
0: I once saw you strangle an old woman in cold blood.
1: I am the law. You're a very naughty girl. What a bright boy you are. The results of a madman's experiments. If you drink that, you'll
0: die. There'll be no future for you. And that ends this episode's edition of Quote Force. If you have a favorite quote from this film or anything else you'd like to say about it, please leave it in the comments below. It's time we give this film our final take. Remember, friends, our final take is a score on the shot scale. Our shot scale is a reverse scale, 1 to 10, 1 being the best, 10 being the worst. How many shots do you need to get through this film? What do you say, Paul? I gave it a 5 out of 10. I gave it a 6 out of 10. I have to say, Screamers is a movie lost to the ages, just like the twist in the plot. You thought you were just making monsters? No, no, no. We're robbing Atlantis. So devious. But alas, it's the only true redeeming factor of this film, fraught with poor acting, choppy dialogue, and terrible visual quality all around. It's a film better to be lost than found.
1: Screamers, also known as Island of the Fishmen, was a bad movie by just about every standard. The question is, was it so bad it was good? The answer is, eh, kinda. The negative aspects of this movie, the acting, the story the plot, the music, etc. actually managed to be unintentionally entertaining. Unfortunately, the terrible pacing and bland characters made it hard to enjoy all the shitty greatness this film had to offer. Maybe it was too long... Maybe there was too little character development. Maybe it was too repetitive. There were a lot of problems with this shitty film. And unfortunately, these issues prevented Screamers from reaching great shitty film status, but instead kept it at, at the level of mediocre shitty. Not entirely wa- unwatchable, but not really worth watching in the first place.
0: There you have it, folks. You know, And if you want to forget about this movie, then maybe we can give you some ways to drink away the flick. Drink away the splick. Come on and grab your drink. Let's drink away the splick.
1: Bum, 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 bum.
0: We gave you some drinking games for this film, but remember, friends, drink responsibly. Number one, every time the creatures emerge from the water, take a drink. Number two, every time someone mentions or practices voodoo, take a drink. Number three, whenever mustache man threatens to shoot someone, take a drink. Number four, anytime the doctor asks a question, take a drink. And of course, number five, because it's spring cleaning month, every time something looks like it needs cleaned up, Take a drink.
1: Every time you see a dead body, take a drink. Every time someone is swimming, take a drink. Every time mustache man talks in an evil manner, take a drink. And every time someone's head explodes, take a drink. And those are your ways to drink away this flick. If you have any thoughts about this movie or anything else, be movie-related. You can leave us a comment in either iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also email us at bmoviebros at gmail.com, like us on Facebook at facebook.com bmoviebros, follow us on Twitter at bmoviebros, or my personal Twitter at bmoviepal. You can check out all our other content, including reviews, interviews, and chats on our website bmoviebros.com, where we have new shows each week. If you want to help support the show, consider donating to our PayPal or Patreon accounts. Links right provided below. We've come to the end of May,
0: the end of spring cleaning month. We watched five movies. Let's rank them real quick. For me, in the number five spot, Faces of Death. I honestly can't even remember the movie at this point. Number four, Screamers from 1981. It was okay. Not what it advertised to be. It had its fun moments and a good twist, but that was about it. Number three, The Jitters. Hopping zombies in Chinatown? Sign me up. Number two, Vampire Hunter D. Classic anime. Over-the-top violence. But a lot of questions. Number one, The Midnight Hour, made for TV movies at its finest, 1985, and Geordie LaForge reading The Necronomicon.
1: Number five, Screamers. It had too many problems and it was too boring to be so bad it's good. Number four, Faces of Death. I honestly didn't like the film, I liked the concept, but... I have some issues with the way it was made and some ethical issues with it. Number three, The Jitters. Hopping zombies in Chinatown. Well, all right. Number two, The Midnight Hour. It was a fun made-for-TV movie, and I can't believe I said those things together. But number one was Vampire Hunter D. Classic anime movie from the 80s. You, you just can't beat that. Especially with hopping zombies and, you know, faces of death.
0: So, next month is the month of June, and with school being out for so many children, we've decided to go and revisit some movies from our childhood.
1: Yeah, it'll be a family-friendly month. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah.
0: <laughs> so, you know, Paul, what's better than all of your favorite 80s cartoons?
1: All my favorite 90s cartoons?
0: No, no. All your favorite 80s cartoons together in one show. That sounds awesome. So, you might have guessed it, we're going to take a look at the 1990 TV special Cartoon All Stars to the Rescue.
1: That sounds less awesome.
0: So, until next time, friends, be brave, be alive, and be back for more.